Welcome to another episode of the Limitless Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Smith, and if you have not done so, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another podcast. And if you love this podcast and you want some more tips and tricks on how to improve yourself, go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel. There are a ton of instructional videos down below. However, for today, my friends, we have a guest, and he is dazzling. <laughs> <laughs> So that's his, oh, man. Not, not a nickname. It's not a nickname. It's just <laughs> jokes that people repeat. But yeah. uh, I would like to introduce to the show, Mr. Jeff Dalzell. How you doing, yeah. my man? Good, man. Yeah. The, <laughs> I really, I, I shouldn't have said it because I left that, I left that nickname in high school uh, for the most part. And, uh, <laughs> and, but every now and then I bring it up again and then it, it becomes a thing again. But yeah, when I went to college, and then like high school friends would meet my college friends. They'd be like, and they would, Oh, how do you know Jeff? And they're like, who, who are you talking about? Yeah. Like nobody in high school knew my name was Jeff. It was always just dazzle. And I'm like, how did I, <laughs> I left that there. How did I become <laughs> bring it back? But that's on me. That's on me. Fair. Yeah. And here I am resurrecting it into a podcast episode that you never <laughs> know, maybe hundreds of thousands of billions of people by the end of our lifetimes is going to watch and be like, Jeff, who? <laughs> Jeff, who is not Jeff? <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, my, well, my friend, I have a question for you to kind of get the ball rolling on conversation. Yeah. And uh, it is, how is it that you impact the lives of the people around you? Wow. All right. Well, we're starting. <laughs> You're coming in hot. Uh, that could go a lot of different directions, my man. Um, so it's it's been an interesting journey. So I'm I'm a I went from I was a high school math teacher for five years, or coming out of college, and always thought, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Boy Meets World, but I always thought I was going to be like Mr. Feeney, right? Like I was going to teach for 40 years, which, you know, there's a high bar that I set for myself, but I said it in my interview. I said it in my first teaching interview. It's like, I want to be Mr. Feeney. I want to have that level of impact on my students. Um, And so I started teaching and I was coaching high school football and teaching high school math. And I did that for five years. Um, And I liked a lot of the aspects of it and, and to be able to impact um, my students in that way. Um, but got to a point where I realized that uh, the mechanism wasn't necessarily ideal. Football was a little bit better, but in, in New Hampshire, where I live, uh, Northeast United States, uh, it's this is in Texas, right? So like, I can't make a, a living being a high school football coach. Um, that's, that's supplementary to, to teaching. And, very few people really like math. And so kids would walk in. And so while I, while I wanted to have an impact on them, and I think that there was ways for me to do that, the mechanism was a little bit harder because there was a, a limiting barrier for them because they walked in and they're like, I hate math before they've even met me, before they walked into the room. And no matter kind of how I did it, we still have a goal of math, which is a little bit harder. Football was a little bit natural fit to be able to, to have those conversations and, and things like that. Um, and so there was a natural transition for me to try to find a, a way to continue to coach and to teach, but also to, to do it in a, in a environment or, or with a mechanism that, that kind of better suited that and to have a little bit deeper conversations. And so that's how I got into the fitness industry. 
and nutrition training. And so that's kind of like from a, from a global perspective, that's kind of the journey that I got there. But in terms of what I've tried to do, and this is actually a funny story because it just happened two, three days ago. It was wild. So my wife and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary on Sunday. Congrats. And thank you. We beat the odds. We were over the 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 average of, of marriage length. I don't remember what the, it is, but I feel like seven seven year itch. Seven year itch. Like we we've we've made it past that. Um and so we we went out to dinner to celebrate and we, you know, we're great restaurant and we're we're sitting there, we're eating and somebody brings, you know, the food runner brings over our dish. And I hadn't I was talking to my wife, so I didn't necessarily look up at who it was i didn't and he was like and i heard him say he's like you might not remember me and i looked up and it was a kid that i coached in high school football seven years ago and i only coached him for one year he only played for one year he was a sophomore like and i was you know so like i knew him and i coached him but like it wasn't like he and i had a a whole oodles of interactions necessarily and he was like hey i like i i just wanted to say to you like this you know he's 22 years old now or something like that out of the blue he said to me and this was like not it was i cried afterward he was my wife looked at me and she's like in tears he was like i wanted you to know that you said to us one day when we're all kind of dragging that this is an opportunity for us to be able to be there and there are a lot of people who don't get that opportunity to come out and play football with their friends in the afternoon on a gorgeous day and be able to be there and have coaches and parents and everybody who cares about them that are involved in it. And I just kind of said this offhand, not really thinking about it. One of 500 things that I said to this whole group and he went out of his way in a totally different context to say to me that like, this is something he still thinks about that. Like I get to do things versus i have to do things from this moment that that i had with him from forever ago and so that's kind of been in terms of what i've always tried to do and i would have never known that right like he's never he never said like i don't know like the odds of us running into each other was wild but to try to be that sort of I'm going very long here, but try to be that sort of, uh, I guess, positive moment in people's day. Like if they come train with me or an online client, we have a conversation to try to take, all right, hey, you're here. Like, how can we, how can we go to one level a little bit up? Like, how can we, how can we positively spin this for you? Like you're feeling here, like let's, let's solve the problem. How can we get you feeling better? than when you came in how can we try to get you one percent better every day like how can i get my students who came in you know a little bit better by the time they leave me my athletes or now my clients how can we try to go positive in this direction and i think that that's the way that i've tried to you know certainly with no pers- no perfection by any stretch of the imagination but that's that's kind of the idea that i try to impact the people around me with is like hey can we can we try to get one, one bit better and, and try to solve a little bit of, of the problem? Hey, you feel this way. What if we, what if we looked at it this way and, and maybe tried this instead, like try to ask the questions and go that direction. And so 
beyond just coaching or teaching or whatever, even with friendships, had drinks with a good friend of mine last night who's, um, you know, thinking about his career and, and where he's trying to go with his career and, and just trying to think about, all right, hey, like he want, he's thinking about going off on his own, starting his own business to do something that he's been doing. I'm like, well, what if you what if you win? Like, he's like a little bit afraid of him. You know, what if, what if it doesn't quite work out? I'm like, well, what if you crush it? Like, what if you win? Um, and to try to go in that direction, I think is, has been the thing that most people have told me as a coach and as a teacher and as a, uh, as a trainer and everything like that is like, try to help them believe in themselves and to try to see the kind of the positive, what they're capable of has been um, at least how I try to go at it versus I'm going to do it, but more of I'm going to try to help you do it. And so that's what I try to do with my kids even too, like my favorite phrase, and I'll, I'll finish my monologue here in a second. Um, but my favorite, my, my three-year-old is, you know, three-year-olds trying to figure out what they're, what they can do in the world right? They're trying things like, and, and so he'll be like, daddy, can I do this? Daddy, can I do this? And he, or he wants to do things by himself. And so like climbing down the stairs or, or whatever it is. And he's like, daddy, I'm going to do it. And I was like, okay. Or daddy, you think I can climb down the stairs? And I'm like, yeah, you give it a try. And I'm here if you need me. Like the, the idea of like, go try it. I'm, I'm here. If you need me, like give, give them the freedom. I believe in you, but I'm also here in case this doesn't go exactly how you want it to that was kind of my philosophy as a teacher that was my philosophy as a coach it's still my philosophy as a trainer somebody's like hey do you think i can do the 35 pound dumbbells i've been doing the 30s i'm like i think you can do it like give it a try i'm here if you need me i'll spot you and like if you can't no big deal but like give it a try i'm here if you need me and and you're not gonna like you're not gonna fail i'm not gonna set you up to, for failure but i'm also gonna give you the capability to, or the, the the space to try mm -hmm and see what you, you're capable of doing. That's really cool. That was a great monologue because there's a lot of, I'm making notes as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of solid chunks on that one that I can go on. So great, great monologue, dude. I really dig it. <laughs> that was a deep question. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of layers <laughs> to that. Yes. Uh, I do that. I do that to kind of, to throw oftentimes kind of throw off the, the guest mm -hmm. for a little bit. Cause it is a question that not many people yeah. get. And I, I think it's always better for someone to talk about what they do rather than someone else telling people what someone else does. Yeah. And I think, uh, when, when we're able to, at least it gives an opportunity of reflection too. Like if I didn't ask the question, that moment of reflection, mm -hmm. like we got to time travel there a little bit, you, we got to mm -hmm. experience not only two days ago, two or three days ago, but we also got to think back all the way to the point where this fella Mm -hmm. just took that message and then ran with it and created his own context out of it and is still utilizing that. And I think that that's really, I yeah. think it's really cool shit, man. That's really cool shit. It's a great indicator of, uh, it's a great indicator of the impact you're making on the people around you. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Well, it was, it was an interesting conversation with my wife immediately after that because she's a teacher as well. So she's a, she's a sixth grade English teacher. So that's actually how we met. We were in a teaching class at college together and so we were both teaching for a while and, and she's still doing it. And teaching is, I feel like in coaching sometimes, um, but teaching is, is a lot like parenting in the moments where like in the, in the 
thick of it, you're like, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm making any impact at all. Like I'm talking to a brick wall, like with my kids. It's like, he just doesn't listen to me sometimes. Like, don't do that. He'll look me right in the eyes and he'll do it again. Like, that's just how, how it is. And they'll smile when they do it, you know? And so there's, there's moments where you're like, am I, am I doing anything at all? And we had that opportunity to have that conversation about like, if you, if you, you can think about, I think we all could think about three or four teachers and we could name them and we could, mm-hmm. we could think of five things that they said to us that have, that are still with us 10, 20 plus years later because of the, the potential for impact. And I think the same is true of our parents, um, good or bad relationships, right? The, the position of, you know, authority and the ability to impact people, there's, there's something to not knowing it in the moment. And, and so like, that was, that was something I haven't, I don't even remember the, the day that I can't think of the day that, that I said that I'm, I'm sure I said it more than once, but I can't think of that day, but like, he still remembers that day. And so realizing how small things that might be of no consequence to us, can have a significant impact with a lot of legs to it beyond just the time that it takes to do that, to have people come back years later and you not realize how even just the way you carried yourself could Mm -hmm. impact somebody in a way that you didn't even realize that you were doing totally in the moment. That's pretty cool, man. I definitely want to tap. I want to tap into the Mr. Feeney point because mm-hmm. I, yeah, Mr. Feeney was definitely. I think Mr. Feeney is probably one of those teachers that you're just talking about. Yeah, like he just dropped knowledge bombs all the time in boys meet mm-hmm. boy meets world, and I bet you that fellow was the exact same way in real life too. I wouldn't be surprised at least. Yeah. Do you think uh, so? If Feeney was your inspiration for becoming a teacher, mm-hmm. what have you found to be some? Well, obviously, the story that you just had is definitely one clear indicator of your uh, Feeney archetype mm-hmm. uh, at play. Mm-hmm. How has that uh, teaching slash Feeney archetype transitioned into coaching your clients? Yeah. So I actually did a, <laughs> I did a post on it. Uh, on Mr. Feeney just recently, and I'm trying to remember what I what I said about that, but it was like he had he had a quote, so many quotes that are just these moments where you where you look at how Mr. Feeney taught, right? He he did a lot with analogies, right? He did a lot of metaphors. He did a lot of like, let me take this thing of seeming no consequence and use it to teach a lesson that's that's be beyond the scope of of the in the the specific moment and so that's been when i think about coaching right there's the nuts and bolts of coaching nutrition training things like that and and those are important but the what is oftentimes less of the issue than the how i think and this was true even when i taught math you and I probably have not used the quadratic formula in since we were in algebra two in high school. Like most people don't, even if you're in the math field, you just Google it. If like, you don't need to memorize it. Like 
but we can get caught up in the like oh i've memorized the quadratic formula like that's kind of a pointless endeavor but what's more interesting is is learning how to use it and in what context this is a potential skill and so the the ability to problem solve and to approach a problem with that sort of thinking is what I always tried to do with my students in the math classroom is I'm like, I don't care about like, I'm like open notes, whatever. I don't like, I don't care about you memorizing this. I want to see if you can apply it to the situation. And so that's same thing is true in the coaching sphere, right? So there's the mechanics of, we can get into the nuts and bolts of our, what exercises and, and what are nutritions and macros and all these kinds of things. And those are to some degree important, but having the perfect plan doesn't have a lot of value unless we can do it. And the challenge that most people have is not the what do they need to do. Like most people know, all right, I should probably exercise. I should probably sleep. I should probably drink water, right? I should probably eat higher quality foods. And I probably need to eat a little bit less food than I'm currently eating if I want to lose weight or, you know, should eat some things that have one name like, all right, a banana is a banana versus like whatever the 95 ingredients and the things in the middle of the aisle. We kind of know that intellectually and we teach it to our kids and, and they, you know, we know it from an early age, but it's not that it's more of how do we execute on this? And so I feel like Feeney and, and the teaching concept is always like, how do I take the circumstances of life and use it to illustrate more of the how do we apply this to this specific situation for you? Nice. Yeah, okay. That was a that was a pretty dude. You're crushing your answers. Like, this is fun. Yeah, this is good. I'm just and by Appreciate crushing it. your answers, it's not like there's a right or a wrong. It's just <laughs> yeah. you're articulating it really well from a from a point that I am understanding it. Like really like it's just absorbing i'm like oh I, oh, oh yeah okay i got you i got I you it. yeah it's pretty cool man. That. that's really cool so what do you think so this is a trippy time travel one but i really like the story with the uh with the the dude that mm -hmm. you yeah. basically taught in the times where so going let's say another 10 years down you're mm -hmm. having another your 14 year mm -hmm. anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> uh not not 10 years, but math my math was a little off. Yeah. That's but, all right. <laughs> you you didn't have me as a teacher. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So what do you what do you think? Does do you think that this moment, this conversation, having that experience, then having this conversation, do you think that you are more mindful, less mindful, or evenly mindful of your your character, how you portray yourself, how you organize yourself, how people, how you you want people to see you. Are you mindful of that at all, or is it changed at all in that little bit of an experience? Um, that's a good question. I don't know if I'm. I don't know if it's changed, but it's certainly a reminder, right? It was. I think that we need to hear things more than once, 
for them to really sink in, at least for me. And I think a lot of my clients, like I, I've, I say a lot of the same things to my clients over and over again. Like I had just earlier today, I had a client call with a uh, mom who had gone away for the weekend with her family, which was great. And she had like a celebration and she came back and scale was up five pounds. And she was like, Oh my gosh, like I've ruined. I'm like, no, you didn't like, you like, there's a lot of reasons why the scale could be up and you've hit six of the seven, right? Like you didn't sleep great. You were stressed out because you brought your kids and you ate probably a little bit more, whatever. All these things could be reasons why the scale is up. It's going to come down. And then over the course of the last three days, it's, you know, it's coming back down. But I, I've told her that five times before, but we just, sometimes we need to hear it again. And so for me, this was a, a reminder of, the potential of any given day to to really have an impact on people and so i don't know if it it changes it but it it it's a reminder of because it at times i don't think about it that way because it's my life right like i i've always trained and i've always or coached or taught and and it's just it's my job and it's part of what my day-to-day life is or even parenting like this is a great example of it is like I parent I'm a dad every single day I'm a husband every single day and so we can get I can get lost I think a lot of people can get lost in the day-to-day of it and and not recognize the impact for good or for bad that we can have and that people somebody can remember something that I said as almost a throwaway seven years later so I think it it certainly gives me an opportunity to be that much more mindful of what I say and how I say it. And and even like we 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 do stuff on social media, like, you know, as as coaches and things like that. And and there's times where you can get into the, you know, the competition thing. We were talking about our mutual friend, Andrew Coates, who has, you know, whatever, 110,000 Instagram followers or something like that. Yeah. And I don't, you know, you have more than me. And I'm like, oh, I, you know, I got a thousand, you know, 1300, something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's nothing compared to Andrew. But you put a thousand people in a room, like that's a, that's a full room, right? That's a, that's a full auditorium um or more you know and and the opportunity that i have every day there to show up and be that positive impact is i think there's there's a responsibility there as well to to in in each of these areas to recognize the the place that i hold um that i don't i don't want you know like I don't want to think of myself as like, Hey, I'm whatever this, you know, but to some degree for some people in my life, I am (laughs) that person that they're looking to that they, that they're, they take my words to heart. And, and, and so it's a reminder that I have to live up authentically, not fake it, but live up to at least being mindful of what it is that I'm saying and recognize that, for good or for bad, it's going to be remembered to some degree by some people, potentially. Totally. Yeah, I guess I, I, I guess it's good to be mindful of uh, the... I like that. That was good, yeah. It's good to be mindful of the 
subjective perspectives of others, but also view it from an objective lens so it's not taken personally. And then when viewing the self from that, viewing the self from an objective perspective, you get to see how you interact with the world around you and then go go from there. I guess you can see the input you can see the outputs of the inputs, obviously, because you just got that right there. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. 100%. That's cool. So yeah. how long were you a teacher for? Five years. Five years. Uh just because I think it's a question that I think well, I think that pops up, or at least the fear-based question of the transition from yeah. doing what you originally want to do to into a, a different realm of doing it. Yeah. Was there, tell me about that little middle ground, that in between, was there a lead up of you're just done with it? Was it a financial thing? Was it contemplated? Was it uh, something that you were fearful of? And yeah, it was something that you were fearful of. And then how did you lean into that fear? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so this is an interesting, I'll tell the story for where this kind of came interesting and then go back to, to answer your question. So nice. I left teaching uh, and I transitioned into two things. So training was something I had kind of been dabbling in, but I hadn't really done in full swing until the spring of my last year of teaching. So it was like February of my last year of teaching. So I had about four months of overlap for that. But my that was like the eventual play for me but the the safety net quote unquote was i had run uh i had been helping run a photo booth business for weddings like you know you bring a photo booth to a wedding you know like so doing that was something i had been doing and i had the opportunity to expand my role doing that um and kind of take over the operations of that so that was going to be kind of my day job to some degree like it was going to be a little bit more of the the safety net as I built up the training side of, of the business. So this was, uh, and then, so I was a year in, so this is 2019 was my last year teaching. So a year into training mm-hmm. and doing this, I left teaching for two, what are seemingly recession proof industries, right? People are always going to get married and they're always going to want to train. They are not, however, pandemic proof industries. Those are two of the industries that were impacted potentially the most by <laughs> uh, by this. And so and I had left one of the few jobs that was like salary was coming regardless. Right. And so it was a moment. And, and my son was born. My oldest son was born three weeks after everything shut down. Beginning of April 2020. So I was in the span of three weeks, shut down, became a dad and had virtually no job and no idea of when it was going to come back. And so that was more of where the fear came into play. Leaving teaching, it was always a a matter like I'm not going to do anything dumb necessarily to leave. Like I needed to like have something that I was going to go into. And so like I was really interested in the coaching side of it. And I thought about, oh, you know, maybe I go be a college coach and and get to a point where coaching can be my full time career. And then I realized like what it is that I would have to do to be a college coach. And at the time I was, you know, 26 years old and married. And and that's the game for a 22 year old who's not married and can sleep on a friend's couch because they work 90 hours a week and have to 
move schools every year and it just wasn't the right time in my life to to pursue something like that but it was a pretty clear then direction that this is where I was going to go and I felt very confident when I left teaching that where I was going to go um it was it was the right time I felt like I had given what I could to teaching and was excited for the next opportunity the fear came in 2020, a year in when I was like, did I make a horrible, horrible mistake? So I had never considered changing out of those fields necessarily. But that was the moment where I was like, okay, do I go get another teaching job for the fall of 2020? Do I go into I had previously worked in like, insurance business analytics, you know, like, do I go and get a, a nine to five analytics job? sort of thing. And I, for a long time, was back and forth with this, like, am I am I gonna make something of this? Because the wedding industry never really came back. And for two full years, it was all of 2020 and 2021 was was impacted by this. And so by the time 2021 came around, I told the the owner of the business, I was like, I can't, like, I can't come back, like, you can't afford to pay me what I need. And also this just doesn't fit what I'm so like it was I had to go all in on training in the summer of 2020 a year in which was a year and a half two years before I thought I was going to be all in on training like I thought I had more runway. Mm. And so there was the, that was the moment of fear is like, even though I love this, and this absolutely feels like where I'm meant to be like I feel like I don't feel like I've worked since June of 2020. 2019 since I left teaching nice I don't feel like I've had I've been on summer vacation for that amount of time like it's been a summer gig like there's days where it's you know a little bit harder but like for the most part I love what I do but I was like am I being a child and wanting to pursue what I love when I need to be a, a husband and a dad and a provider and do what needs to be done for my family and so that was the tension for me for a really it was until Christmas of 2021 when I finally I had a I had a job offer come in for an analytics job so this is after so I don't know if you so I have I have a three-year-old who was born in 2020 and then I have twins who are 19 months old who were born in November of 2021 so oh I had goodness. in December of 2021 I had three kids under two and all and I was still building up a, a training business and it was like, all right, do I need to go like this is a this is an adult moment. Like we had just bought a house because our apartment wasn't big enough and we just bought a minivan and it was like, okay, this is an adult moment where do I need to go and make a real adult decision and and be willing to sacrifice for my family? maybe a little bit of what it is that I enjoy. It's not to say that I hated, you know, doing analytics or I hated teaching, but like a little bit of what I really feel like I, I enjoy, or do I stay here? And I had this job offer and it was a big, it was a big tension moment with when I was talking about it with my wife and, and just kind of thinking through like, all right, what are we, what's going to make the most sense for us here? And, and the fear is if I go pursue this, if I continue to like kind of bet on myself a little bit and we fall short, it's not just me anymore. It's me. It's my wife. It's my kids. It's our house. Like 
there's a lot of legs to this to to bet on myself to do this and there was a lot of fear there of like do i go and take the safer route and get something with a salary that's not you know maybe as 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 good of a fit for me personally but is is allows me to to provide for my family in the way that i i want to and i think that there's a lot of benefits to that so one of the things i this is maybe a little bit of a different way to take it but uh i respect my my father so so much uh for the fact that my my mom this is a, we're gonna go a little deep here i don't mind you started all. it you opened the door i did i did <laughs> i actually so, opened it and i was yeah. like come on in friend. come on in, come on in. <laughs> so i'm gonna i'm gonna try not to to get emotional here so some okay. my mom was a, a sales executive for ibm in the 90s like oh, vice president of sales for i like big big time right like that's that was as big as it could be and then on 9 11 she was in san diego and couldn't get back to us where we were living in Atlanta at the time for a week. And so that was the moment for her where she was like, I'm no longer going to do this. I don't want to travel for work. I want to be home with my family. Mm. So she decided that she was going to be home with our, our family. And we moved back up to New Hampshire where our family is. And my dad took a job and he was the, the steady, right? So he worked this job for 20 years. And it was, there were, you know, he liked the people he worked with, but he was way overqualified for this job. He was, it was beneath him. It was boring. It, it certainly wasn't intellectually interesting for him, but he was, he was the one that he did this. And he was like, I'm going to stay here because it's constant and I'm the safety net for our family so that my mom could work at times. Like she did some part-time stuff or not. And then when my brother left for school, and my younger brother left for school and they were empty nesters, my mom started to go back into work then, right? She started to get back. So she basically worked then. She was looking for IBM in the 90s and it doesn't exist anymore, right? So she would work for like 18 months and then take 18 months, like leave that company and then have be off for 18 months. And then she'd work for 18 months, not intentionally, but that was just her cycle for the next 10 years. And throughout that whole time, my dad was just the steady Right. Doing something that he didn't necessarily love, that was not necessarily intellectually stimulating for him. But he was he gave my mom the flexibility to pursue the things that she really wanted to to do. Mm. He was able to be around for us. Like he coached my baseball team. He went to every single one of my brother's track meets like he he was dad even though his work wasn't as, as intriguing for him, he, he put himself on the back burner to care for us. Mm. And now I admire that so much about my dad. So, so much. But the moment for me that was the decision maker was right at about this time in December of 2021, my dad left that job that he had been at for 20 years and I, I talked to him about it right around when I had the offer and he was burnt. He was burnt. He was like a shell of himself at the, at this point. And he, and, and he had spent his, basically most of his working life working for this company. And he was, I don't know, he's 60 years old. He's like, I got five more years of work left, but like he had to take a full, he took like a year and a half off from working 
just to like recover from the 20 years of like just putting out mm. he i don't think he regrets it by any stretch of the imagination but he was a little bit of a shell of now my dad is is a little bit different like i've seen a little bit of a different side of my my dad since he's left that job particularly with my kids and that he's doing something that he feels like he has a little bit more purpose in and so i think that there that was a big driver for me and one of the things that my wife told me was hey even though this is a scary thing and we you know we certainly want to be able to do this we we more than we want you to do the the safe thing we want you to be you we want like she's like i want our kids to have the man that i married the man that you know we've been together now for 12 years like this i want them to know that man and the man who who you come alive as this as this coach and don't want them to have just the a, a shell of you for the sake of some some safety mm. and those two things combined i think were the thing that allowed me to step out kind of into the fear yeah not necessarily overcoming it but just embracing that like hey i am scared of this but that that fear of what's going to happen but when i kind of burn the boats you know to use the the example of like all right i'm not going like i had this job offer and that was about as good as it was going to get like i'm if i'm not going to go there then i i'm all in on this and yeah so I'm no longer entertaining this like I did for 18 months from summer of 2020 until every three months I'd be like, oh, this isn't going great. Like I go on Indeed and look up analytics jobs or look up teaching jobs. It was like every three months I'd be like in a place where I'm like, I don't know if this is the right thing. And it was finally like she was like, if you say no to this, then you got to go all in. Like you got to say, I'm I'm doing this and it can't be you're half in, half out anymore. And it was finally like I was all in. That's and that made all the difference. That's a great. I really like your monologues, dude. They're very insightful. <laughs> they're very uh, they're good vibes. I think there's a lot of lessons in there. Uh, something that uh, a question that popped up that I think would be kind of fun. Do you think so now? So, given the awesome amount of context, do you think that now that you so you haven't gone down the same path as your father in the sense of yeah. becoming that shell in order to support. Mm -hmm. You're able to lean into the fear and able to take the characteristics of doing what is necessary at the time. That is the lesson. Then applying it, like what you were mentioning for application. How can you apply it? It's not just about memorizing it. Mm -hmm. And then you have the combination of taking care of you got all the aspects of the the adulting the keep taking keeping mm -hmm. keeping care of your family right mm -hmm. and then you also have the presence to be able to say that you love what you do mm -hmm. do you think that there has been a nice little harmony or a integration of the adult jeff and the childlike jeff where now you get to you get to be the adult and the child intertwined where you get to know what's right to 
know what's right in each situation. So if your kids are like misbehaving, then you know when it's time to like go adult mode. But then you also have the opportunity to recognize being a kid in those moments as well. Do you think that there has been that kind of an integration? Was that, this is just something that I'm recognizing. I'm not sure if you just participated in it, but it's just from your story. It's just what I recognize. And from, from what I can kind of gather uh, from your vibes is that, <laughs> is that you got like, you got like that kind of uh that little balance there. And I think that's a, I think it's a, it's a sweet spot to be It's homeostasis. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about even before we started recording the idea of the hat, right. And the idea that like, there's things that, that are, are, are part of who you are and, and kind of define who you are. And so the things that like, I told you like some of the things that people have come to know about me are like, I like pizza and I like margaritas, right? Like those are some like kind of goofy things, but it's also like, I love Disney movies. So like I've, I've been doing a, a series of, of posts about like everything I know about fitness. I learned from Disney movies, you know, and, and like yeah, the yeah. lessons of Disney movies and, or like Mr. Feeney or like, I dance like a, uh, like a goofball, you know, when I'm training people, like when, you know, I, I'll do in a small group, training class and i'll just you know the song will hit and i'll dance like an idiot or i'll sing in a high falsetto voice and and that's just like so there's some part of it that i think that in in being able to do the things that i do something that i love and i can feel free to be me and i don't have to be uh and i can be me more regularly mm -hmm. i don't have to put on any sort of professionalism face for the sake of professionalism like I can still, I, you know, so the, the idea of adult and child, it's almost like professional and authentic, right? I think you can be both at the same time, just like you can be both. Hey, I'm the adult in the room and I have to be able to do the adulting things, but also like, so the, the moment that I think about with my kids, like, this is a really great example. I think of it is, is my, my son loves to to he's in the why phase like he loves to ask questions he's three years old and he loves to ask questions and so there's two directions that i can go when he's having a, a, a absolute conniption right he's losing his mind because i put his dinner that he asked for on the wrong color plate right like it, it's you know just having an absolute nutty i can try to like butt heads with him or i can be like dude guess what this plate is orange because it's what you know i make up something ridiculous he's like oh my goodness this is fantastic right so if you can if i can be but because i've not had to be a certain way all day it's a it's a lot easier for me to transition into like being childlike with my kids and again, I don't do this flawlessly by any stretch of the imagination. There's days where I just I'm I'm in nowhere close to this. But the transition for me from from trainer, coach to dad to husband, I'm not having to be different different in different scenarios. I can be the same me just in a little bit of a different context. And so in the same way that like, I don't just dance around for an hour when I'm training people, I also am like, Hey, you should, you know, like I'm, I'm actually coaching them, but like I can put on the professional hat and, and, or, and, and do what I need to do. 
but I can do it still through the same lens of, of, of who I am. Um, and I think that's allowed me to embrace that a little bit more. So I think that that translates into parenting. It's, it's made it easier for me to do the transition into parenting because I'm also like hybrid stay at home dad. Like I, I, it's a little goofy to be like, I have at least one, usually two days a week where I have at least one of my kids with me for some portion of the workday. Um, it's just how it, how it shakes out. And, and so for me to be able to be like, all right, I'm going to be dad mode, put my kid to sleep, then sit down and write a training program, then have a call with a client. Then he wakes up early and, and to be able to transition all of those kind of be one is a little bit, uh, it takes some navigating for sure. But I think being able to just be Jeff in, in all of those scenarios has been, has been helpful because I feel like what I'm doing is, is a little bit more authentic to me. I dig that. I actually just recently, uh, this year has been a solid chunk of year for like just, uh, mental frameworks. So I've just been become yeah. a lot more intentional with mental frameworks and just clarity. And it's kind of interesting because one thing that I recognized with my little epiphany is that for the most part, and this is obviously my opinion, but for the most part, I think that, or, okay, here we go. I, I like to put, say that I'm not bound by banners. And mm-hmm. in saying that, I like to think that integration is always easier to maintain than work-life balance. Yeah. And the reason I think that is because integration, like you said, it makes it may not be uh, phenomenal by yeah. any means, but at least there is some fluidity between uh, between characters and I like the overlaps yeah. because when we can get overlaps, then we're just stacking. We're just stacking good vibes mm-hmm. basically. And what I found when I tried to aim for work-life balance or balance, one part is that it's harder work to try to keep all those things separate yep. than it is to integrate each of those things. Another thing that I also think of and this can tie in. This can tie into a question too. This is a cool little segue. Uh, but one thing that I think of as well is that with work-life balance, with work and integration, with work-life balance, it's not that people are striving for, searching for a work-life balance. They're ambiguous in their goals, because I think that if there's clarity on the trajectory, then who we become is just a byproduct of what we envision. Yeah, I think there's something really interesting there. And the work-life balance thing is actually, I, I feel like it's a really, it's it's tricky because it's it's almost like they're separate now, right? And so that means that life and work are separate. And we spend a lot of our time working. So that means that the portion of your life that you're working is not really your life. If you're thinking about work, work-life balance, yeah. right? This is like an analogy for it. If you think about nutrition is like, I'm on a diet eating kale and boiled chicken breast all week. And then I have a cheat day on Sunday where I eat the things that I really want to eat. The And so you spend all of your time living for the cheat day or living for the weekend, 
we're thinking about how do I minimize the time that I'm working so I can max. And so you're not really able to be you for a portion of your life. And I think instead of pursuing like a balance of work and life, right? We, the work is the mechanism, right? We need to work to some degree to support our life, but we want to, as, as much as we can allow that to still be a port, a part of, of our life. And it's one of the reasons why now you don't have to, nobody work is still work, right? Nobody loves every little portion of, of their jobs. And even though I love my job and it hasn't like, there's still days where I'm like, I just don't want to do X, Y, Z today. Um, but I think that there's something to, yeah, I love the idea of integration versus, uh separation because i think that we can get into the part of like a large portion of your life is not your life and we work for 40 years 45 years and and it's just like to be like all right i'm i'm spending my entire life trying to think about how do i not do as much of this part of my life versus trying to figure out how do i embrace who i really am in the context of this, whatever that is, doesn't mean that you have to love the work, but, um, at least when, when you go home and you look yourself in the mirror, you're not upset with what you're seeing. You're not mm-hmm. chaffed. You're not like, Oh, another day at work. I think it's interesting. So what was it where, uh, heard someone say it, it was kind of cool, but it was when, when people, when people, so, you know, when people go on a vacation and they're super pumped up, like a buddy of mine, yeah. He's like, yeah, I go on vacation. I'm up at 5 a.m. without any alarms or anything like that. But when I'm home, I sleep in until like 8 or 10 and I just can't get up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard a pretty interesting kind of thought on why this is. And it's when we find ourselves knowing with almost certainty all the things that we'll feel that day then we don't, yeah. we've already experienced the day. So yeah. we don't have any purpose to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And I think when we have, I like, definitely have gotten a lot more into my like childlike vibes. Uh, and that is to create uh, an archetype of playfulness. Yeah. And I've been, and I like talking to strangers, obviously I'm, I'm, I do a podcast. So I talk to strangers often and a child mm-hmm. talks to strangers often and they ask questions. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, when we, <clears throat> when we, when we decrease the domestication and we increase what the characteristics that we recognized in ourselves to the best of our ability as a child, and we can pull some of those back in. I find that there is a much nicer uh, integration between young self, present self, and old self. And yeah. I think I think balance is beautiful, man. I think balance is like, this is like a little tangenty now, but I think balance is truly like one of the simplest things that we can actually do when we realize that balance is not an activity, it's a way of being. It's yep. active and passive. It's hot and it's cold. It's um, excitement and lethargy. Mm-hmm. Lethargy? Yeah, I think I got that one. Mm-hmm. And and so when you were talking about like 
when we're talking when we're talking about this integration, we're talking about this work life balance, and we're just talking about the self and the authenticity and the person uh, that we can be or could be or want to be. Man, like I think that there are a lot of, um, totally my opinion too. But I think we perpetuate a lot of our own problems by uh, preventing our own progress and pulling the past into the present with all those alliterations. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Uh, well, and and again, coming back to this analogy as an example, right? The idea of integration coming with doing the, the nutrition analogy again, right? So instead of eating like you hate six days a week and then eating like a glutton one day a week or on the weekends, right? Maybe you just eat some things that you enjoy regularly, throughout your week right and so it's integrated it's like hey i'm 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 not just doing this uncertain it's who i am like i eat things that i enjoy and i also eat things um that maybe i don't enjoy as much but are going to move me toward my goals and it doesn't have to be one or the other but it can be both and but the idea of also coming back to this whole integration thing it's integrating i think one of the things that is is i think a powerful thing in coaching and a powerful thing in general is to actually define what it is that we what we want. And what is it that we're building toward? So like within coaching, like I, I think about somebody comes to me and they say, all right, I want to lose 20 pounds. All right. So that's, that's a totally valid goal. But the question is not, all right, I want to lose 20 pounds. This question is really, all right, where are you right now? Why can you not stay here? That's part A, right? Like New York mm -hmm. City in, in March of 2020. Why can you not stay where you currently are? Well, in New York City 2020, if I stay here, I'll die, right? Like I have to leave. Like this is not an okay place for me to be. So it's like mom telling me I I was all day, my kid's birthday party we were at a amusement park and all day i was thinking about wanting to leave because of how exhausted i was trying to keep up with them that's a not okay place to stay right i'm not being the mom i want to be that's a reason to leave but it's mm -hmm. not just i have to leave point a i then have to know where i'm going right it's not just i can't stay here but i also have to know where i'm going and i have to know where i'm coming from and i have to know where i'm going right if i just say i, I want to go to new york city well where are you coming from right we have to have the directions and it's not just, oh, I want to go to Paris. What do you want to do when you get to Paris? Right? I want to lose 20 pounds. Well, what does it look like for when you get there and you and you lose the 20 pounds? Well, I want to outlast my kids playing at the on the on the pool. I want to be the one saying, all right, let's go. Like, let's say yes, right? I have a mom who's like, I don't, I don't like to go swimming with my daughter because I don't feel comfortable in a bathing suit. Well, I want to go swimming at this event right i want to feel good you know what what does point b look like for you and and have it be tangible and things like that so when we think about like the day-to-day -day life piece of this this is absolutely true too and i don't know if you've heard of uh ramit sethi he mm -hmm. wrote the book i will teach you to be rich with ramit his big principle is like you define your rich life whatever that is and so his big thing is like you you get to decide what what makes your life rich is it I want to be able to pick my kids up from school every day, right? I want to be able to sleep without sleep in without an alarm. I want to be able to go on vacation five times a year. Or I even like, this is actually, I was writing this post before you and I hopped on. My wife and I, I realized this over the weekend. My wife and I have been on two vacations in seven years since our honeymoon. 
of more than like an overnight. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we don't like vacationing. Vacations are fun. But we have decided based on we but in that same period of time, we've gone out to a, a decently nice dinner twice a month. And so we get you get to choose what you really value. And for us, we'd rather go out to eat every other week and enjoy ourselves regularly than go on a, a great vacation once a year for the same amount of money. But we know people who go on vacations, fantastic vacations, but they never go out to eat. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with either one, but you get to choose what matters to you and and double down on the things that really matters to you. And so when you think about the rich life that you're trying to build, exactly like you were talking about the integration and, and what is it that we want to pursue we get to decide in, in terms of work-life balance like what are the things that really matter to you so going back to my dad for him the decision that he made was his rich life was being able to give his wife the freedom to be home with the kids and have a stable place and be able to have the flexibility to go to sporting events and things like that. That was his rich life for a long period of time. Now, was it exactly the life that he wanted? I don't know, but that was the decision that he made that I'm willing to give up X for Y. Mm. And we get to decide what is the thing that we were willing, you know, cause we can't have everything. So we have to pick the things that really matter to us and double down on them. And and cut mercilessly on the things that are kind of okay. So the analogy with food is like, I love pizza and I love margaritas. I don't really care about chips. right? I don't eat. So I don't eat chips. Not because they're not good. But like, if I never, never ate another chip again, I'd be fine. If I didn't have pizza again, I'd be it would be a bummer. That would be that would be difficult for me. I don't want to say I, if I didn't have margarita again, because that starts to get into alcohol. Issues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if I didn't have pizza again, that would be a real that'd be a real bummer for me. And so you get to pick the things that really matter to you. Like, I like pizza. I like going out to dinner. Like, and and be willing to be okay with giving up the other things that maybe don't matter as much to you. So when we can paint our rich life and we can paint our point B as exactly what it is that we want it to be, then we have a clear point A and a point B. Now it's now it's just connect the dots versus meandering toward, oh, I think I want to have a house because I'm supposed to have a house or, you know, I want to go on, you know, I want to have a work-life balance. Well, maybe you don't, maybe you don't like, maybe you love what you do. Like if I had no kids and no wife and I was just a single guy, I would probably work a hundred hours a week because I love it and I could do it. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that in a certain season. So you get to pick what matters to you. Um, and just be honest about, I think, what does that look like? And then the cost of it, because there's a cost of everything. Totally. What we say yes to, or what we say no to, we're also saying yes to, and what we're saying yes to, we're also saying no to. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, damn. A lot of podcast reels in this one. (laughs) Yeah. Who needs content to make content when you just yeah, do podcasts? Do podcasts. That's the direction <laughs> I gotta go in with mine. I just keep uh keep uh punting on the you know hiring somebody to go through it for me. This takes me so long to that part to is cut it up myself. Yeah, that part is one that uh I've been using uh AI to play around with quite yeah. a bit. So 
that yeah it's all right it's okay i'm getting pretty freaking quick with it though i'm getting like i'm getting decently good at editing like i can it's pretty cool it's pretty cool uh so oh man there's like so many good things i absolutely love uh you to find the rich life mm. create the plan connect the dots and something when you said that steve jobs quote popped into my mind where and all this quote and then connecting the dots and then you're basically all the stories that you had today and reflecting on my own life as well but you can only connect the dots when you're looking backwards you can't connect the dots when you're looking forwards and everything just falls into place at the right times based off of the inputs right and Mm -hmm. and i think it's kind of cool because now it's neat being able to have a reference point of feeny between myself and you Mm -hmm. that is like specific but I can now see how Feeney has influenced me without thinking of it until you brought him up. And then mm-hmm. it started clicking. I was like, mm-hmm. ah, mm-hmm. but now it's like carried over in that thing into life and that integration, basically this crazy subjective philosophies that we get to uh, create mm-hmm. and to live that rich life. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh man, that was good. That one hit. Yeah. Okay. Now that I summarize that up, it hit the head, the heart and the gut real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any thoughts to go from there? I feel like I've been, I've been monologuing a lot. So I feel like that was, uh, that was, a, that was an interesting, that's, a, that's a big kind of concept for me though, is, is defining A and B and, and what it is that we, what we want because then you can you can work backward to figure out how to get there and so uh it's been an interesting thing in business for me right uh because we have you have friends in the industry and and everybody's like all right where where do you want to be and 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 there's moments where i'm like oh i wanna i want to be doing x with my with my business because i can see other people doing that and i could see how i could potentially get there but in order to get there, I would have to give up some of the time with my kids. I would have to work more. And while I love my job and I would love to get there, one, for my business, two, from an impact perspective on on a number of people I can impact. And I love working with my clients and seeing lives change and all of this kind of thing. My kids are young. I got four years until my twins are in school. Like, this is not a lot of time. And then, and then it's like, and, and even beyond that, like there's, you know, you see on social media, I I see it on social media all the time. Like you get parenting and like, but there's a a quote from modern family and it's a, it's a popular quote, but it's like, you never know when you're going to pick your kids up for the last time. And so there are these moments where like my son started calling me dad instead of daddy you know and and he still goes back to daddy but his dad more often now and it's like there was no warning for that it just happened and and so these moments they happen so fast and so in the short term i'm willing to again talking about the cost and defining what it is i'm choosing to to make less money right now and to have a smaller business because i want to as best I can be around for as many of these moments as I can. And so I'm saying no 
to more things. Like I'm saying no to clients that come in. I'm, I'm saying no to opportunities and, and some of it's hard. Like some of it's like, Oh man, I would really, really love to do that. But at the same time, like more than I want to do that, I want to be able to be as, as around as much as I can for my kids and try to be as present as I can for my kids when I am around. Hmm. And I think that that plays into all aspects of it, certainly in the fitness and health industry, right? Like you can decide how much or how little you want to pursue your goal and what matters to you. Like if, is it, is it, is it worth it to you to lose these 20 pounds are you willing to give up what you're going to have to give up in order to do that and if the answer is no that's fine you're free to choose that but then you don't get to complain that you don't have it. Hmm. you know and so like it, it's not it's not valid for me to be like oh my business isn't you know live you know isn't on this the level of these other people because it could be if i decided to do something and it's and it's easy to to flip it on its head and like, Oh, I'm going to blame the fact that, you know, or use the fact that I have kids as an excuse. Like, Oh, I have, I have three kids, three and under and, and my wife runs her own business. And like, this, those are excuses. You know, like it, it'd be easy to, it's a, that's a reason. It's a, it's a conscious choice that I've made. My kids aren't to blame. They're the reason that I do it. And again, coming back to the whole work-life balance, the whole point of why I do what I do, I want to impact as many people as I can. But for me right now, it's the mechanism for me to be able to be around and available for my kids. If I worked a nine to five job, I wouldn't be able to like, all right, on on a random, I'm going to leave this podcast. I'm going to go and hang out with my kids for the rest of the day. Nice. That's what I'm going to do. Like, is there more work I could do? Absolutely. I don't care. There's always it's more nice. work, but this is a finite time. And and you choose the things that matter to you. And so it's okay for me right now if my business grows a little bit slower. Um it just makes it more tender. It's just uh it's just crockpotting, dude. Yeah. It's gonna it's just on a it's just on a it's just on an eight hour, sixteen hour slow cook, and it's just gonna be pull apart at the end. Well, it, and absolutely. And the other thing is, if you if we start stop thinking about the speed with which we're going to reach our goals, but rather embrace the journey of them and recognize that, like, I'm not going to stop. Like, I don't like there's not a I don't see a point in time where I'm not coaching. Like, I'm not itching to retire. Like if I, if I didn't have to worry about money anymore, I would still train. I train at the gym that I train at in person, not because I like, it's not a good value time for my money. I do it because I love to train people. And, and so when you can stop thinking about it and same thing with working out, like when you stop thinking about like, Oh, I have to like, you're going to work out from now until you die. So if you, and you're going to eat, relatively well from now until the day that you die so the speed is is less of a factor as long as we we get there and we can enjoy the journey a little bit to make big big difference in in our perspective as we go through and our ability to stick with it long enough i think that's pretty sweet uh 
couple points on that one that I really liked. I like the acknowledgement of expanding or extrapolating time to accomplish goals mm-hmm. because it's always just a series of accomplishing one than another. Like waking up as a goal. If my goal is to wake up tomorrow and I wake up tomorrow, I fucking crushed it. Crushed yeah. it. Uh and so I, I love I love that you have the thought process of practicing patience because at some point, like your kiddos are going to move out at some point and then you're going to have yep. all the time that that you already have the strategies here. It's just mm-hmm. not the right time to execute on this one. Yeah. And I, I think that's really neat. And something else that's kind of cool that I want to reference because I love that you said you're going to hang out with your kiddos afterwards and uh, it's kind of and uh, the thing that I think is kind of cool because if they're like all under three years old. The thing that I think is cool with podcasting and recording, I really like the Gary Vaynerchuk style where it's uh uh um it's it's don't create, demonstrate, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Demonstrate, don't create. Mm-hmm. And it's just recording uh the growth of a person. So this mm-hmm. podcast is a way of me learning to grow. Yeah, and I get so. to recognize the growth in other people as well. Mm-hmm. And it's inspired by uh, Barbell Shrug. There's a Barbell Shrug back in the day, mm-hmm. and a felt one of the one of the fellows passed away. Chris Moore, I believe his name was. And Corey Gregory is a big fan of Chris because they were on the podcast together and stuff for a guest. And something that Corey had as a reflection about podcasts and why he started producing content is that later on all these podcasts, all this content is going to be there for his kids to see. So Mm -hmm. if anything were to happen, then there would still be memories. Like Chris Moore's kids were young when he passed away, but they have thousands upon thousands of bits of information that they can watch and they Mm -hmm. can see who the dad was because of all of that documentation. Yeah. So I think something that's kind of cool is with, Cause I think like what you're the conversation that we're having is like really hitting the feels like it's getting like right down into the gut where I'm like, fuck, this is like really cool. But then this is my contribution to the seven years later. I'm Mm -hmm. forecasting seven years later, Mm -hmm. but like, let's say for example, your kiddos happen to come across this podcast and they get to hear you at this point in time saying this as you're reflecting on both your past and your present and your future and then developing this philosophy. I think that when, or I think of it, like if, if my parents had podcasts back in the day and I could Mm -hmm. see their changes from how Mm -hmm. I see my mom now compared to like Mm -hmm. back when she was 30, 20, so on. So cool. It's like actually being able to time travel. So I just, I just think it's really cool where, I think your message is awesome. And I think that your kids are going to appreciate it. They're just not going to realize it until later. No, I mean, I appreciate that a lot. Uh, that, that really, um, that's why I hope, you know, and I, and I think it's interesting is, you know, my relationship with my parents is very different now than it was when I was a kid, right? Like when you're a kid, your parents are, you know, whatever. And so just trying to recognize that, in the moment, this may not be what it is, but like knowing at least from a, again, and I love having these conversations because in the same way that like having that moment with my old, my old player gave me an opportunity to like, remember the impact. 
these conversations are opportunities for me to remember why I do what I do, the decisions that I've made, and, and to reflect on that with um, kind of clear eyes. Because there are moments, certainly, in the midst of the struggle where I'm like, oh, I got a lot to do, and and you know, I want to do X, Y, Z, and and the tension is there, where it can be like, oh, I just I have to do work, you know, I have to do these things, and and sometimes I have to do that, and sometimes I can I can choose not to, but um, trying to remember like what's the driver, what is the goal, what is the point B, and where am I looking to go, and then also. The flip side of this is is always interesting too to think about, which is like the road not traveled mm-hmm. a little bit. So it would be in some ways it's tempting for me to be like, oh, how much easier would life be? Where would my business be if I didn't have kids or if I didn't have all three of my kids, if I only had one, you know, like if we'd only if because the twins were a surprise pregnancy and then surprise twins, right? So it's just like, oh, we had we ended up with three times as many kids as we, as we were planning on in the period of time that we were having them, you know, whatever, that's, it's fine. That's how it is. And and I love all of my kids desperately, but even more than that is I work with parents. That's the people, that's the largest group of, of people that I work with. I don't think I could be as effective a coach for parents if I wasn't in it with them, or even mm-hmm. if I just had one kid versus the challenges of three. And, or like, you don't want to compare struggle or anything like that, but like three kids under two is, that's a, that's about as, as that's, that's a high, that's high level parent, you know, in terms of like difficulty challenge, right? Like there are people who have kids with, you know, disabilities, all these kinds of things. And and there's plenty of things that are, are more challenging by, but the fact that we went through what we went through, I think I became a more effective coach. And so who knows where my business might have been if I didn't have kids or if I only had one kid. I might think that I would be further along because I would have more time, but I don't know if I would be the coach that I am now because of the ways that this has formed me. And so I think that there's a lot of things that we can think about. Oh, where, you know, how did I get here versus thinking about, well, how did getting here form me into the person that maybe I need to be in order to go to where I'm hoping to go. Like how did, how was the things that made have challenged me actually made me more capable for the things that are coming my way? Like how is this now my superpower? The fact that like the fact that my wife is a teacher and runs a photography business and raises three kids and is, you know, sings and, and does all these kinds of things. Like I say, all the time, she's a superhero. Like my wife is a superhero. Like, I don't know how she does everything that she does. And there's moments where she's like, oh, this just would be so much easier. But I'm like, think about, about how, how much you've grown, like how different you are as a result of all that we've been through. And all that you've been through. And while it's maybe not exactly how you would have painted it, it might be better. It's just different. Damn, that's a good one, dude. I like that. How how did getting here from how did getting here form me? 
and actually make me more capable. That's a really great that you can if you sounds like you've said it before, but if you haven't, you can just say it again every once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Oh man. Okay. So uh, this episode, in my opinion, is an absolute mind melter in the sense of getting to understand a person. And I mentioned this before, where I like to understand the person, not just the practice. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easy for people to just go to their profiles nowadays and just see, oh, okay, this person does this. And we take away the personality. We take away the personal component of it. And I think that uh, this, the, I'm grateful for this conversation because this is a conversation of getting to understand uh, another human being on a similar kind of wavelength and a similar trajectory of uh, and my, my kind of benchmark or my kind of uh, mantra for my life is the perpetual state of self-betterment and mm-hmm. being a positive contribution to the human race. Mm-hmm. And the day that I retire is the day that I recognize I'm no longer filling those two pieces, mm-hmm. which I yeah. don't know will ever happen. No. But in saying that, it's been a very fulfilling conversation. Like, I feel like it's just been awesome. So I'm very grateful yeah. for it, dude. You got, you got like well articulation. You definitely got Feeny vibes. <laughs> poor man's. Poor man's Mr. Feeny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I just wanted to like say that. To, no, just to... It's been awesome, man. I, I know that I, I monopolize a lot of the conversation, but uh, you asked phenomenal questions and, and got me to do a little bit, of, quite a bit of introspection. So it's been fun for me to kind of navigate it as, as we've gone. And Sweet. certainly I take, I take a lot from this conversation personally, because I'm a little bit of a verbal processor. So as I say things out loud, it's like, oh, that's, it's an interesting thought that I just thought, you know, and, and to be able to kind of sit with that for, for the rest of the day, for sure. Man, the magic of thinking about your thoughts. Crazy. <laughs> On the note of uh, thinking about our thoughts, uh, is there anything that has not been said that you wish to say? I feel like we hit on a lot of, of of main main concepts but i i said this uh to you before we start recording and again coming back to the hat and the pizza and the in the margaritas <laughs> and the and the things that uh are disney and all these things uh, a phrase that has been coming to mind so as you think about the you know those things for you like as a phrase that's been kind of coming out of my mouth a lot with clients and even to myself um, has been just keep swimming and of course it's from a disney movie right it's from finding nemo and um but the idea of as we're on the journey of all of these things nothing's ever linear right even from point a to point b like it's never like there are no roads that go just perfectly straight forever to from a to b like we there's ups and downs there's zigs and zags and, and we have these things and so whatever the pursuit of the goal is, recognizing that the only thing that quitting does is ensure us that we'll never get there. 
Mm-hmm. And the story that I, I have has been the best articulation for this for me was we were potty training my toddler somewhat recently. And let me tell you something. The second day of potty training, not the first day, the second day of potty training was individually the hardest day of parenting that we've ever had. Like harder than when the twins were newborns and my wife had COVID and it was, she was separate and it was me and the three kids and my twins were three weeks old and I had a 18 month, 20 month old harder than that day. It was horrible. Like everybody cried me, my wife, all the kids all day just and we got to the end of the day and we we're like i don't know if we can do this like i don't i don't know if we're going to be able to make it through this i don't know what to do i don't know how to do this i don't know how to help him understand because he would scream he wouldn't sit on he's peeing everywhere it's just disaster and and we're just like all right the only thing we can't do is give up like giving up is not an option because if we tell him on day one, no more diapers. And then we go back after two days to diapers again. What does that tell my two-year-old son? If I throw enough of a tantrum or I make this difficult, then eventually I get to go back to the diapers. And now this poor kid, like he literally his entire life, his entire life from like three minutes after he's born until then, he's always worn a diaper. So, like, we're changing his whole world right now. Mm-hmm. So, this isn't going to happen in 24 hours. But the idea that, like, oh, well, we, we can't go back. It's burning the boats. We can't go back. We can't quit. And if we put quitting on the table, then that's going to be the temptation. It's always going to be there. But if we say we cannot quit, we just have to keep going. And there's going to be good days and bad days. And it was about six or seven days in. Of just him peeing everywhere. Six or seven days in, it just clicked. And we're, I don't know, four or five months in now. And kid hasn't had an accident since that day. Nice. It took us a week, but it was a week of awful. And sometimes it's longer, you know, whatever. But it's just we, the only thing we can't do is, is give up. And if you take giving up off the table, you might have to reroute. You might have to pivot. So in that process, right, we bought a new toilet for him because the one that we bought was too low and he was freaking out when he was trying to sit down. So we pivoted. We got him a different one to make it a little bit easier, right? So don't just keep ramming your head against the wall if it's not working. But you're not going to just stop. You can, you have to keep going and, and adjust and pivot and, and, and figure out where you're going to get to. And have enough patience and zooming out we'll get there so just keep swimming that's pretty sweet it's gonna be this it's gonna be a fun one because uh going into the going into the final questions on this one Mm -hmm. you dropped a freaking solid chunk of uh (laughs) lines bro Mm -hmm. drop some fire bars (laughs) (laughs) so uh this one and if it if there's a repeat that's okay yeah it is an option because there's it's just so good but uh i'm gonna set the scene here it's uh the end of your days right this is gonna get deep too all my questions are apparently pretty fucking deep (laughs) it's the end of your days 
you got your wife, you got your three kids. Hell, you know, that kid that you inspired, he's hanging out there too. Why not? Uh, But you're on, you're on your deathbed. Uh, It's the end of days and you're surrounded by the people that you love. There's no content of yours exists. This podcast does not exist. Uh, And you have one piece of advice that you can pass on to the people that you care for. What is that piece of advice? I need a second. Um, oh, geez. So I'll tell you this. Um, something about becoming a dad where mortality has never been more uh, apparent for me. Mm-hmm. And the idea of me or my wife or my kids uh it's a constant thing in my head it's a constant thing in my head um so when i go there i'm 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 a little bit emotional and so forgive me as i as i kind of go there so um okay i think if i was going to give it it's 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 to love Love sacrificially. Mm-hmm. That love is an action. Love is a verb. And it requires giving of yourself. And you can love somebody in any context, in any given day, in any moment. Still, so like that, that kid he loved me well by sacrificing of his comfort and being willing to be, to go out of his comfort zone and to say that to me, my dad loved sacrificially by giving up the things that he wanted to My mom loved sacrificially by giving up a, a amazing career for 10 years to come home. My wife loves sacrificially by giving up the, how patient she is with me. My kids, even in their their young times, as they are right now, they they show what love is because they give up little things. Like my toddler, my three year old, wants something that his sister has, and every now and then he'll he'll go give it to her. He'll be like, "Here you go, sissy. You can have this." Mm-hmm. And to understand that that's what I think love really looks like is that love love requires sacrifice. That's a honestly, like after the whole conversation, I was like, I don't know where he's gonna go because he already dropped so much knowledge bombs. But dude, that was love sacrificially. Damn. I think that's so cool. I like I like the contrast of it because we see love as such a positive entity or being or uh experience or essence. I said, I'll go with essence. And then we see sacrifice as such an essence that's on the opposite end of the spectrum. But I think that in that duality of loving sacrificially, we find abundance and peace. And I think that that's uh that's the best place to be when we can practice being peaceful and that's embodying the dualities that we exist in. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely got me thinking with that one there. That's a good one, dude. Fuck. I'm going to write that on the whiteboard. 
<laughs> on the on the on that note, on the last question, this is like a really good one. I mean, I'm, this is like this is like a great call. Like I'm just <laughs> just freaking shooting the shit, man. But uh, going with a little time travel ish on this one as well. So the very best version of Jeff Dalzell, there we go, is sitting next to you, just hanging out. And you can imagine this version as an older version of you or just like the prime version that you're just like, Jeff, you're a fucking badass. <laughs> so that person is standing next to you. What piece of advice does that Jeff have for you? What piece of wisdom does that Jeff have for you in this specific season of your life? I feel like it's kind of a combination of a couple of things that we've already talked about, but uh, the idea of just keep swimming comes to mind. But I think even more than that, I think prime version of Jeff says that there's a season for everything. And to embrace the season that you're in versus thinking about the ones that we're not in. So I live in I live in New England, and, and this happened this morning actually. So in New England, our winters can be negative ten, and our weather today was ninety and humid, right? So we come in. I come into the gym at six o'clock this morning to train a group of people, and somebody in there is like, "Ah, it's too hot." And I'm like, "You can't complain about it being too hot because in the winter you're gonna complain about it being too cold." Mm -hmm. Like we can't we can't always think about the next season. And so it's, it's easy for me. It'd be easy for me in this moment. And it's the challenge that I talked about with my kids. And I think particularly with my kids, which is, this is a, this is a season of life where they require so much of me and my freedom is limited. And it'd be easy to to get into a mindset of thinking about in four years when they're, they're all at school and the idea that I could, you know, work for five days <laughs> or um, the idea that I could, you know, go golf with a buddy more than once a year, you know, and those are not high cost things necessarily, but it's, it's easy to kind of, wish away time feels a little extreme but but mm -hmm. think about the next season think about like it's easy to get caught up in where we want to go or where we expect to go or or oh it'll be so much easier when xyz happens and we want to think about goals we want to have goals we want to be thinking about where we want to go but the idea that we're going to skip out on our rich life right now to use Ramit's example and and all of the benefits that come from right now there's a it's a really kind of this is this is the southern boy growing up in atlanta coming out of me a country music song from a long time ago trace adkins it's called you're gonna miss this and the idea that like in high school right you you think oh man like life's gonna be so much harder and 
you know, or it's so hard right now, all the things and they feel dramatic and they feel overwhelming. And it's like, you, you had no idea. Like every, every season is unique and it's not just, and there's no season that I would, I would necessarily go back to, like, I wouldn't choose to go back to college over now while there, it would be different, but I'm going to, I'm going to miss certain aspects of right now in the next season. And so mm. I think a Jeff who's, who's like prime Jeff is a Jeff who, who fully embraces where he is and can be that much more present um, in, in what he's doing. And, and I don't know when that's going to be when I'm not, or if I'll ever get there, but the idea of, of, appreciating the season for what it is because we need them all because again the idea of coming back to the the you're formed by something you're formed by the challenges that come your way the idea that a 22 year old jeff if you dropped 22 year old jeff into my life right now he would die like he would quite simply be dead like he couldn't handle it at all because you can think about it the other way, right? Like 32 year old Jeff would dominate in high school, right? Like I would dominate in high school football right now. Like I'm even in better shape than I was in high school, you know, like that kind of like, but also like have the perspective on it. But like, I wouldn't be the Jeff that I am now without having gone through all the things that I went through. My marriage wouldn't be where it is now without all the things that we went through. And so not trying to wish away hardship, but trying to embrace the challenges for what they are um, and to keep going and to, and to sit in it and to just recognize that we just keep swimming. We keep going, but there's a lot of value in being where we are, being where our feet are. Yeah. Well, Jeff, my man, where can people find you? Yeah, I have, um, appreciate this man this is this is a great conversation it's been really interesting for me to do it uh so i appreciate you having me on so on uh instagram it's jeff dalzell fitness so it's uh jeff d-a-l-z-e-l-l fitness um i have a facebook group called the fit and present parent community and i have a podcast called the dependable dad podcast um so those are places to find me as well nice so weird Yeah, you dropped some knowledge bombs today. So folks, if you love today's episode, please do me a favor right now. Take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram stories and tag me with my handle at DapperDudeKyle along with at Jeff Dazzle Fitness. That is one of the ways that we grow. And until next time, my friends, keep up the kindness and I hope your day treats you as good as you look.